Hello, this is John Mangini, Vice President of Marketing with the New Jersey Bankers Association. Welcome to the New Jersey Banker Podcast. Today, our President and CEO, Mike Afuso, sits down with Carlos Rodriguez, President and CEO of the Community Food Bank of New Jersey, for a discussion on food insecurity issues in New Jersey, the impact of global supply chain issues and inflation on needy families, and a new partnership between New Jersey bankers and the Community Food Bank of New Jersey. Thanks, John. Carlos, can you tell us a little bit about the Community Food Bank of New Jersey and your programs? Well, thank you, Mike. Uh, Community Food Bank of New Jersey has been around for nearly 45 years, and our purpose has been pretty constant. Make sure that families have uh, the food that they need right now, and then really work on how they can feed themselves in the days, months, and, and, and moments ahead in their lives. And we've never seen uh, as much uh, need as we're seeing now, and such dramatic changes in that need. Um, and to meet them, to meet that that need, we're also targeting our solutions in a way that really meets the community and the neighbor where they are and how they are. So there's a number of programs that I hope we can get into that really start describing that. Sure, that's that's uh, it's really important what you're doing, and and uh, you know with the changes in the economy, inflation, et cetera, costs going up. Um, you know, we, we could tell that, that there are certainly growing gaps and, and uh, certainly needs for uh, hunger to be, to be solved. So uh, it's Hunger Action Month. A lot of people in New Jersey and the United States are dealing with food insecurity. What do you mean by food insecurity? And what are some things we could do right now to address this issue? My, that's a great question. Food insecurity is when a person uh, doesn't have the ability or doesn't know whether they can put food on their table, whether it's right now or in their immediate future. And what we, what we try to do at the Community Food Bank of New Jersey is we strive for food security. We want everyone to have that access to food when they need it and how they need it, which means access to healthy, nutritious food so that we can all enjoy the most active and healthy lifestyle that we can. So, so talk about a little bit about um, the global economy, supply chain issues, and how that affects and impacts the demand for food in New Jersey. Well, it's been a roller coaster ride, is how I like to describe it. Uh, it started with the pandemic, um, which feels so far away at this point. But really, in the last two and a half years, we've been dealing with supply chain issues. So let me tell you how that plays out twofold. One, most importantly, to our neighbors uh, that are directly impacted. And then second, to our ability to provide, uh, as I mentioned earlier, for that immediate need, that food that so many rely on. So first, when there's a shortage of, of food, whether there were supply chain issues, that means that families have less resources or less av avail availability to go out and shop. So they're constrained to whenever they have a buck to be able to go and buy whatever they can buy, if they can buy anything at all. Uh, and then, of course, as prices go up, it gets stretched even further. And so we've seen that story play out in different versions since the beginning of the pandemic, when there was a run for items in some cases, then supply chain issues, and then most recently, inflation, uh, where I don't have to tell this group uh, the number of, of the increase in, in food prices and fuel prices have really had an impact on everyone. Everyone has been able to see it. Well, imagine if you were just trying to get back on your feet from two and a half years of income loss of, of some kind, um, or of high increases uh, of expenses because of that. So that's how it plays out. It's no wonder that today we're seeing in some pockets our partners are saying uh, as many people coming to, for, to the food pantries as they were at the peak of the pandemic. 
um, even though there was a lull. And th the other way that plays out is obviously our ability to buy food. So donations go down when there's supply chain issues. Uh, and even though they've rebounded, the, the amount of food that we're distributing now and resources that we're providing are at record levels. We're disproportionately buying a good, a, a significant portion of our food. Uh, so we're paying increases on that food. Of course, we're having to, to pay fuel surcharges in many cases to bring it in. And then our job is to get food to local communities. So that means an increase in cost for us there as well. That's just food and fuel. We can have the same conversation on labor costs and how hard it is to really um, manage staffing and, and, and get, get, get the labor, have the labor that you need uh, to be able to get the job done. So tell me a little bit about the, uh, what the food bank does when, it, when you talk about getting the food out to local groups. Tell me about those local groups and, and you know, you're, you're really a wholesaler, not a retailer, correct? Yeah, we're primarily a, that wholesaler, I think, description works. Um, we do a little retail as well. And let me, let me tell you how that plays out. So we're the primary provider of food and other resources uh, to fight hunger and, and poverty uh, in 15 out of the 21 counties of the state. And we do that through partnerships. So we have about uh, nearly 800 uh, local community programs, independent 501c3s. They look like big not-for-profits and very small church basement operations that really dot every community uh, in the 15 counties that we serve. And so we are there to provide them with the resources, the food resources primarily, that their communities and their neighbors need. And so we gather those donations, coordinate government commodities, do the bulk purchasing as we described, add programming to that so that it meets the needs of the communities, working with our local partners to make sure that the job gets done. Um, there's, a, there's an economy of scales that we bring uh, to the equation. Um, and of course, there's a, a macro view to make sure that every community, in fact, is being served. That's where we do a little retail. So we have lo uh, food, um, mobile food distributions that we do. You saw a lot of those obviously during the pandemic with those long lines. In many cases, we, we were driving up and helping to coordinate that with local partners. And then on, on even now, we have pantries that go into supplement where there's just not enough capacity uh, locally uh, to, to distribute the food that's needed. So, so 800 um, organizations you all provide some level of service for in 15 counties. Like that's, that's pretty amazing. That's, that's an average of more than 50 locations per county. Um, and I know it's, it's, it's not an exact science as to, as to the spread, but uh, you know, that's, that's really important. It's really important the level of, of, uh, of outreach that you have. Um, let's let's kind of get back to the families. What, what other factors besides supply chain and inflation uh, are having impacts on these families that create this food insecurity? Overall, cost of living is high. Um, the other, the one driver that we always hear, and this has been true since, well, he, oh, well, heck, since I've been doing food insecurity work and anti-hunger work, um, uh, housing costs. Um, in a high cost uh, market like ours, um, or region like ours, uh, folks have to really stretch whether to pay the rent um, or pay, uh, pay, have enough to, to dedicate for food. Medical bills, unexpected medical expenses, 
we hear so much to car expenses. Never mind now how car prices are, or you can't even get a, a, a used car in many cases. So you have to really put in for those repairs. And we know how supply chain issues and, and labor issues have had an impact on that as well. So imagine you're back on your feet, you get, you get a good job because the market is good and you can't collect that first paycheck because you can't get there. You have to make an investment um, in, in, a, in a car or something like that or in a repair. So these are all the real day-to-day -day things that keep families from being as economically mobile um, as they can. And the first thing that falls off that table of when, when they're tr trying to make choices is A, the quality of food, and then B, food itself. Think about a parent. Parents always going to sacrifice um, their meals and their needs so that the children can have enough food on the table. And so that means they're not going to work as, as healthy or as, 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 uh, as fed and, energ and energized, fueled as they should be. And so that's just an example of, of how it plays out. Yeah, I noticed the, uh, the governor just signed uh, a bill um, last week which uh, expands the school lunch program and the school breakfast program to uh, nearly 200% of federal uh, poverty levels. And, and uh, you know, it sounds like it's, that's, that's a lot of money and it's bringing in a lot of people. But, um, you know, when you, when you actually look at what those levels are in the state of New Jersey and think about the cost of living, um, you know, twice, twice federal poverty is, is th those folks are not, are not making a ton of money. So uh, you know, it's 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 very important what the governor did there too. That's exactly right. Um, the first of all, great policy. We we've uh, we've had uh, such um, a success with the legislature and the governor really focusing on this issue, because you know New Jersey is not going to succeed on an empty stomach or without its children developing uh, because of the lack of the right nourishment. So that's a great. Um, that's an absolutely great bill. It's going to be able to do great things in the schools. Um, but you're absolutely right. It's based on on the federal poverty guidelines, which are set federally. And poverty in, and poverty levels in New Jersey means very different than po poverty levels somewhere else. Um, and I think looking at it that way um, uh, really just paints starts putting a picture. Thirty thousand dollars, forty thousand um, dollars in New Jersey is not the same as in, in another part of the country where maybe housing costs is not as aggressive. Yeah, certainly. Uh there, there's great advocates uh, for this cause in the legislature, principally Speaker Coughlin. Um, you know, he brought to the legislature and, and really shined a bright light on this issue, uh, particularly in college campuses and food insecurity at college campuses. So, um, you know, we're all very lucky to have advocates like that that shine a light on this and, and explain um, where some of the uh, some of the gaps are for food insecurity. Um, so, tell me about some of the donation items. Um, that are needed by these families that you support that folks may not realize. You know, one of the things that we're focusing on right now, you know, as, as we tape this, is making sure that we have more uh, protein. Um, so we know uh, the price of ground beef, chicken, um, even turkeys, which is right, that season is right around the corner, is through the roof. Um, and many families are having to do without some of that. So we're really focusing to see if we can help alleviate some of that in a, in a strategic way. But on an everyday basis, we have, of course, we have shelf-stable products, um, canned goods. Most, a lot of them now are more focused on being nutritious. Um, canned vegetables, fruits that are in their own syrup, et cetera. Um, the, the most surprising thing I can share with you that many folks find surprising is that more than 35% of all the food that we put out is fresh produce. We've increased our fresh produce distribution dramatically over the last um, uh, few years. A, because families want it. 
Um, B, it's so nutritious. And so it not only helps you satisfy uh, the, the need for food, but it do does so in a way that's healthy. It can actually help you if you have underlying health issues. And, um, and, and it's just something that we're really focusing on. Again, it's not just empty calories to, to, um, to address the hunger. It's, hey, how do I help you um, address an underlying health condition that maybe came about because you were making these tough choices and sacrificing the quality of the food? And how do I keep you healthy so that you can, again, the idea is help you be as economically mobile as you possibly can. It's great. It's great. So, so one of the primary reasons that we're talking today is that we're, New Jersey bankers is excited to announce that we'll be partnering with you, the food bank, the New Jersey Community Food Bank, um, to donate one million meals to families in New Jersey over the next five years. Not only will these donations benefit the Community Food Bank, but your team partners with the other food banks as we talk to, and we really are gonna take a big chunk out of statewide hunger uh, with these donations. Can you tell us how you see this campaign not only benefiting your organization, but the big issue of food insecurity in New Jersey. Well, Mike, I couldn't be more excited. Um, and I know you've been a big champion and a big supporter uh, throughout your, your many years uh, that I've known you. And this is an exciting campaign for two reasons. Obviously, the million meals, right? And what that's gonna be able to do for us. But let's not underscore the importance of telling the story the way we're talking about here, to help people understand why this exists in New Jersey. Uh, we don't think of New Jersey as a place of high need. Um, but in fact, uh, food insecurity lives in every community throughout the country, and New Jersey is no exception. And we know what we can do about it. Um, we can really look at where there are gaps um, and, and need, and we can really take those million meals and make sure that it's helping us to fill out, fill up those gaps as we maintain the level of, of food support and other resources throughout the counties that we serve. So it's an amazing opportunity, really, to um, help us not just sustain what we're doing, recovery's along. I mean, recovery, we've never seen anything like a two and a half year pandemic, you know, with, with an inflation uh, cherry on top. And who knows how long it's gonna take for families to really recover from that. Um, we saw after the Great Recession, when we looked at food insecurity numbers, it took 10 years for those numbers to go back down to pre-recession pre levels. This roller coaster is a, a totally different um, a reality. So this partnership really helps us keep focus on the issue, and more importantly, helps us uh, 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 get ground on solving the problem. Let's not forget, in the Garden State, as is in most of the country, hunger is a solvable problem. And I think this commitment is a commitment to really make sure that we, we're on a path to end. Well, you know, we're really, pr we're really proud to do this, and uh, you know, New Jersey Bankers has been involved in, in multiple uh, multi-year philanthropic efforts trying to get at root causes of, of poverty, essentially. Um, we, we've dealt with other food banks, Habitat for Humanity, and, and other you know, really great groups. So uh, we are, we're really pleased to uh, begin another five-year commitment with, with another great organization, um, which is yours. And um, you know, our goal is to make an impact. And uh, we believe that a million meals will certainly make an impact. So we're very, uh, we're very happy about that. For more information on the Million Meals campaign and how you could participate, folks, please see the link in the summary of this episode. And in closing, I'd like to thank Carlos Rodriguez, President and CEO of the Community Food Bank of New Jersey. And for the New Jersey Banker Podcast, I'm Mike Afuso.